Hi there, this is the Reverend Michael Lowry, pastor of East Congregational United Church of Christ in Concord, New Hampshire, and this is Love to Tell the Story. Ollie, which is short for Oliver Twist, is as many in our neighborhood and most in our congregation already know, our family's ever-present and ever-busy Jack Russell Terrier. Lisa and I adopted Ollie from another family a few years back, wanting very much to once again have a dog around the house. However, given that at the time we actually knew very little about the nature of the breed, from the very moment that Ollie entered our lives, it was an adventure. But Ollie has also become an indispensable part of our family, and along the way we've discovered that he's a dog filled to overflowing with personality. First of all, he's relentlessly energetic and will take walks and play ball with you until you drop. He's also very smart and communicative as to what he wants from us, which, generally speaking, is for all attention to be on him. He can be cuddly when he wants to be, which is more often than you'd think, and quite cranky when he doesn't. And he can alternately be bold or timid, something that I'm told is pretty common in Jack's. He also happens to be fiercely protective of my wife whenever she and I hug or kiss. He loves going up to camp with us. And he has shown a penchant for chasing skunks and chickens. But that's a story for another time. Simply put, Ollie's a bit quirky, but we do love him. That said, some of Ollie's quirks are, shall we say, unique. For instance, once a few years ago, at about this time of year, we were decorating the house for Christmas, which includes setting up a creche on the bookshelf in our living room. A beautiful nativity scene with ceramic figures handmade by my grandmother. Now for us, this creche is a symbol of both faith and family, and having it displayed at Christmas is an important and long-held tradition for us all of which would have been fine, except that Ollie would have no part in it. No sooner than the figures had been placed around the manger, Ollie began to bark and growl incessantly at them. And when he wasn't doing that, he was either pacing back and forth in front of the bookshelf or else lying in wait, trembling on the living room sofa, his eyes wide and firmly fixed on this assemblage of shepherds and magi who were gathered about the Christ child. In an attempt to calm his nerves, Lisa tried bringing a couple of the figures down from the shelf so that Ollie could sniff them and be assured that they were, in fact, harmless. But this was to no avail. And when Ollie then attempted to leap from the love seat to the bookshelf to investigate matters firsthand, well, we reluctantly decided that it might be best, at least for that Christmas, to pack the crush away. However, come the next Christmas, undaunted, we decided to give it another try. But once again, as soon as he noticed it was set back on the bookshelf, Ollie became visibly and audibly nervous. The good news is that after a couple of hours of pacing and whining, this year, Ollie began to show signs that he was making peace with this part of his family's Christmas tradition. And so the crest remained, and all was peaceful and calm. That is, until... Lisa set out the snow globe. Yes, the snow globe. Specifically, the snow globe with a nativity scene inside, along with a parade of cows, sheep, and other manger animals that encircle its base. 
So now, in all honesty, we're beginning to wonder aloud, what is it with this crazy dog? Were the nativity figures so incredibly lifelike as to fill Ollie with such abject fear? Could it have been that he'd once had an unfortunate run-in with some wayward Christmas decorations and an encounter that left him wary of any and all holiday traditions? Or, as my wife slyly suggested, was the truth that as a puppy he'd been raised as an atheist and thus was merely registering his strong objection to our faith-based celebration of the season. The possibilities were many, but whatever the reason, one thing was for certain— the whole notion of even depicting this holy birth was more than enough to leave our Ollie distressed. Which, when you think about it, actually kind of seems like the appropriate response. What with all the beautiful songs and images that we've warmly and traditionally attached to it, the story of Christmas is one that's become very familiar to our eyes, ears, and hearts. And yet, for all of its familiarity, we tend to forget that, at its core, the gospel account of Jesus' birth is, by its very nature, distressing. The very idea that God's own Son, this one proclaimed as a Savior, who is the Messiah, the Lord, should be born in the squalor of a cold, dark, and damp barn amidst all the sounds and smells of farm animals, this should go against all of our sensibilities. Likewise, that his earthly parents be two young, impoverished teenagers who, far from being welcomed as part of the ruling class of Judea, were firmly ensconced among the oppressed of the world. To the point of, later on, their having to flee their homeland and become refugees in Egypt. All for the sake of their child's life and for God's plan. Even that all of this happens with little more than a handful of shepherds and some faraway magi even taking notice. It's all part of what the writer Halford Luckock once referred to as the shockingly irregular that such a child come into the world under such dire circumstances. There was a certain place in the organized life of Judea in which babies might be born, Luckock wrote. It was not a barn. But there was no room in the inn, so a barn was used. If there is no room in the fitting place, you see, God uses another, even a manger. No, it doesn't exactly live up to our cherished vision of a scene where all is calm and all is bright. But it is very real, and more than enough reason for barking at the manger. And whereas our dog Ollie was not likely voicing his concern over these most distressing circumstances of our Savior's birth, it's nonetheless a good reminder to you and me of the deep, disturbing, but ultimately life-giving truth that this is where God comes to us, right in the midst of the darkest corners of our lives and living. The nativity, more than simply a sweet remembrance of the birth of the baby Jesus, is a story that depicts God's full commitment and love to the world, a love that was personified in the person of Jesus of Nazareth, the one who grew from that tiny baby in the manger to become our Savior, our teacher, and our friend. The one who, by God's own design, would share our common joys and struggles, carrying the burden of our pain and our sin as his own, even carrying it unto death on the cross. The one who is truly, in every way we can name, our Emmanuel, that name which means God is with us.
It is light coming into the world, and it is life both abundant and eternal. And one of the most amazing parts about it is that it all begins in a place that is as dark and unsettling for us as it must have been for them in Bethlehem, and as it continues to be for at least one little dog who continues to bark at the manger. This realization that things are not as expected, or at least not how they've always been. The good news of Christmas is that they're not. And thanks be to God for it. And that's it for another episode of Love to Tell the Story. I'm Michael Lowry. I thank you for listening. And until next time, may God, especially in this Advent and Christmas season, bless you with a great and joyous day. Talk to you soon.